0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me here. We're at the Film Survivor Podcast at the moment, and uh, we're going to be talking about Survivor Ghost Island Episode 7, everybody. We are now to the point. Uh, Next week's going to be the merge. So we're officially uh, through the pre-merge part of the game, uh, and I'm interested in hearing what everybody thinks. I'm going to tell you what I think. Uh, Coming up on the podcast today, we're going to uh, be talking to the latest person voted off of Survivor Ghost Island, Here's your spoiler alert, Chance, if you want to pause the podcast, uh, come back to it later, we're going to be uh, divulging all of uh, the secrets and the uh, happenings that we saw in this recent episode, episode 7, so, there you go, there's your little warning, Uh, yeah, so on the podcast today I'm going to be talking with uh, Bradley Clayhig, I believe that's how you say his last name, Uh, Michigan native, I'm from Michigan, Uh, he's from Hazlitt, Michigan, and uh... Man was he a dick on the show, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh he used that word himself out there a couple times, so I I don't feel bad echoing it, but uh really given the villain the villain edit. I uh, and you know it's, it's it's one thing to get the villain edit or to call it like, "Oh, I was portrayed in a in a certain way or I was portrayed negatively." I don't feel like that's what Bradley's going to be like today. But uh, the thing that's interesting about it is a lot of the things came out of his mouth. Uh, like we heard him multiple times on the show say, yeah, you know, in real life, you know, I have a tendency to rub people the wrong way. And, I, you know, I have a short, you know, span of attention with people and, you know, just, you know, gets frustrated with people. And so he's telling us all this about like his own personal life. So all that pretty interesting, you know, it's hard to hide who you are when you are playing the game of Survivor, usually people's true colors come out, Bradley just is who he is, and so I couldn't ever get a read on him, because he seems like, you know, I don't know if uh, everybody has to have people that (laughs) get them, right, and and like them, and have friends, and stuff like that, so I don't know if uh, Bradley just is the type of person that strikes people the wrong way. But ultimately, in this game, he just wasn't long for the game. You know, for a minute there, I started thinking that he would be a great candidate to kind of sit next to. You know, most people who are quote-unquote unlikable in the game, you know, might go far because they, you know, feel like uh, people can win against them. So they'll take them to the end uh, to try to win, you know, but... I think Bradley was a different kind of a goat. <laughs> he he's a little he was a little smarter, a little bit more intellectual, and a little bit more maybe of a, a fan of the game than your average tag along that is gonna, you know, float to the end of the game. So I think people kind of might have realized that about him. Like, yeah, he might be good to sit next to at the end, but he's dangerous to keep around, because this guy could, you know, ignite some you know, mutinies or or kind of do some things on his own. He's not. He's definitely not a follower. You know, so he's he's kind of hard to rein in. So I think that might have played into it. Who knows? Uh, but we definitely, uh, you know, got to see some. <laughs> Some final jerky moments with Bradley. Uh, I loved how, you know, Dom comes back. And we, we've we seen this scene several times over the course of Survivor's history. You know, somebody doesn't perform well at a challenge, they come back, and they always, you know, hey, guys, I apologize. This one's on me. And, and you know, usually most people, you know, even if they are really upset with the person, they don't say anything. You know, they all shake their heads and say, oh, no, it wasn't you, or they just stay quiet. Not Bradley. Bradley just <laughs> blurts out, yeah, I think you had too much coffee. I was like, what, dude? Okay. But, you know, just just that kind of stuff, the, the, the no filter uh, that Bradley had, uh, just, you know, he wasn't going to last long. Elsewhere in this game, though, I am super pumped for next week because we got a lot of things in this episode that kind of set things up for the future. Uh, not only, you know, is it interesting now with Libby and Donathan still in the game and kind of how that will shape up and how the others will react to Bradley being voted out. But we saw Michael uh, get an idol with his tribe just kind of sitting idle, idly by, uh, not interested in following him around, which is the norm uh, when there's a person in the minority looking for an idol. Uh, so he was able to find an idol. That's going to be a huge part of the game. Uh, then you had Wendell, who I, I love Wendell right now, man. Wendell one of my favorites on the show. Uh, seems like a guy who... I don't know if anybody's going to want to sit next to Wendell in the end, so he's going to have to watch for some backstabbing, and he might need to get a little bit more ruthless than what we've seen for him to go far, but Wendell seems like the kind of guy, man, that I wouldn't mind winning the show. But he he found an idol. Uh, he has a great social game going. He's a good physical player. People like him, you know, triple threat. But he has an idol now. You got Michael with an idol, uh, and then you got, remember, Dom has an idol still, I believe, right? Am I wrong? tell me if I'm wrong everybody you guys like doing that (laughs) so uh but not only does he have the idol but Dom has the legacy advantage which uh will be able to be played next week uh if you remember the legacy advantage was passed down to him uh by Morgan and uh you can use it when there's 13 people left in the game and I think when there's five I want to say or yeah I think that's what it was should probably do my research before jumping on the podcast. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, uh, yeah, the Legacy Advantage is going to come into play next week if he wants to. So there's four potential idols in play if you count the Immunity Idol plus Dom's Idol plus the other two that we just saw uh, get found by Michael and Wendell. And then now you have the interesting new twist of, uh, you know, Kellen uh, getting the advantage at Ghost Island. So she has an extra vote advantage, which could come huge into play, especially because uh, Kellen is you know, seemingly in the um, majority uh, moving forward. So all kinds of things are kind of going to come to a head next week. And, and you know, usually, theoretically, histor- historically, merge episodes are really uh, better episodes anyway. They're one of the highlights of each season. You know, that's uh, one of the times of the year that everybody can agree is kind of like the most dramatic uh, part of the season. So it already has that, plus you add in all of these other factors, all of these other advantages and idols, and I just think it's going to be an awesome, awesome show next week. But let's look back at Ghost Island. I mean, I, I've ragged on Ghost Island a lot in my column on Reality TV uh, and on this podcast. You know, I've kind of been let down with, uh, real, with, uh, with Reality. I've been let down with Ghost Island, and uh, uh, you know, just haven't they haven't produced much going on there. Uh, this week, though, we got something finally. So you know, we got the Legacy Advantage week one. It took us all the way to the last episode, right before the merge, to get another advantage come out of Ghost Island. Uh, I thought it was kind of weird, you know, that they, you know, it's like uh, they brought up that it was uh, the steal-a-vote advantage from Season 34 that led to Michaela getting voted out. You guys all remember Michaela, I'm sure. And uh, that was a -a steal-a-vote advantage, yet in this game, it became an extra-vote advantage, which, to me, kind of means, isn't it not the same thing then? Like, isn't it a completely separate thing? Like, they could have... Hold out the Medallion of Power and been like, hey, look at this thing. And by the way, it's it, you can't use it like that anymore. You can just get an extra vote with it. So, I, I, I don't know, kind of lame, right? To me, like, why? It, it is what it is. Like, it's a steal of vote advantage. You can't change it. Like, why even bring up that it's the steal of vote thing? Anyway, Kellen has the extra vote advantage. And uh, we'll have to see how that plays into things. Uh, but Ghost Island, to me... Kind of, you know, a bust. You know, uh, eagle-eyed people though last night might have seen that there's another eight unbroken urns uh, at Ghost Island, which means that this thing's gonna be around for the rest of the season, and so it's probably gonna play in more than it has up to this point. We also saw that it, it gave you three choices this week on Ghost Island instead of just the two that we've seen in the past, which means that they're wanting the advantages to be become more a part of the game, and they're trying to entice people more and more, and we'll probably see more of that too as we move further uh so i kind of like the season i mean overall you know it's just one of those things it's it's survivor you know i think it's good i kind of you know i like the cast did we have some predictable episodes yeah we did there was a predictable stretch where it kind of got you know it started off with you know kind of interesting and really exciting and then kind of got into a lull and then this past week, I really I really dug this episode. So I'm hoping, again, that it sets up really well for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, not that we can judge by what Probst tell, tells us, because he tells us every season is great. But he's gone on record as saying that this is one of his favorite seasons. Uh, not favorite casts, not favorite finishes, like just favorite overall seasons. So hang your hat on that. Uh, but with that, we're going to segue now into uh, talking with Bradley I got Bradley coming on the podcast we're gonna talk about his time in the game his uh, reputation his persona how he was portrayed and go through that when we come back from the uh, the interview uh, stick around we'll do a quick short preview of next week and uh, I'm gonna talk to you guys about some of the stuff I have going on I'm actually uh, I'm a I, I run a video production company and I um, am producing a new TV show believe it or not, an actual TV show. so yes, I am. I'm producing a 30-minute show uh, called Movie Show Plus, and it's going to be available online, and it's going to have, uh, we have celebrity interviews, and we have reviews, and we have stuff about podcasts, and uh, YouTubers, and all kinds of movie related kind of stuff, and more. It's called Movie Show Plus. We can do whatever we want with it. So, Uh, That's a show that's going to be debuting on April 13th. It's going to be made available online. The website is MovieshowPlus.com, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show just to give you guys uh, who are interested a little bit more uh, flavor with that. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the interview with Bradley, uh, and remember to follow my Survivor recaps and uh, interviews on RealityT.com as well as following myself on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. Here's my interview with Bradley. Hey Tom. Hey Bradley, how you doing, man?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm a I'm a Detroit native, so I was uh, originally cheering for for you from the beginning when I saw you're from Michigan, man.
1: <laughs> I get to <it>. say, originally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I
0: did. So what I want to talk to you the most about is the, the, the idea. So so many people come on the show and they there is the sense of like how they're portrayed. Uh, what was interesting with the way you were portrayed was a lot of the things you you kind of mentioned, um, like things you referred to them in your personal life. You know, like you would say, like, you know, well, you know, I have to watch this because, you know, in my personal life, this kind of happens. So I've kind of found that to be interesting. But what do you think, what's your take on how you were portrayed versus how you are as a real person?
1: Um, I think how I was portrayed on TV is definitely a character. That's what I went in trying to do. Um, is to be an entertaining TV villain. Um, Now, I I agree with the part. There's definitely um, parallels to my real life. Um, I think what you get on TV is just a highly exaggerated version of myself and who I am. And then I think the other thing that sometimes is lost on the TV is the nuance of knowing I'm being ridiculous (laughs) or or in, in doing it in an ironic way, right? I mean, like... In my daily life, I would never ever go around and be like, "I'm so fantastic" and be serious. <laughs> right, You'd never right. say that seriously. <laughs> I would have a smirk on my face and make sure it was apparent to every single person around me that I knew I was that I was being facetious, basically. <laughs> and that and sometimes you know it's pretty easy to be left on the cutting room floor of like, "Oh, he knows he's being crazy." But I think if you look at what was on the TV for the most part. Um, I think there you can pick up little elements of self-awareness sure. um, that are, are good clues as to uh, there was a method to my madness, if you will.
0: <laughs> and don't get me wrong, by the way, too, I, I loved you on the show, and I thought you were you, you played a great character and things like that. It just uh, it, they 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 made it kind of hard to root for you because every time they showed you, like in the beginning, they it was like they would show you complaining, they would they, or they would at least frame it like you're complaining or whining about something. And then, you know, later, like, we saw that comment you made to Dom last night about, you know, well, you drank too much coffee. <laughs> you know, like, they kept including all of those little moments um, just to kind of yeah. point you in the right direction of your character.
1: I mean, I, I think it makes it all the funnier. Yeah. That's my take on it. I It's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, you know, like, last week you have the quote where Dom, you know, I'm blindfolded doing the puzzle, and Dom's like, the white one, the white one. And I'm like, Dom... I'm fucking blindfolded. I don't know what the <laughs> white one is. It's just, I, you know, I think it's all, I, I don't know. I've had a, a lot of fun with it and it's been really fun. And I think what's been fun is to watch, you know, my friends and family watch it and they're like, oh my goodness, this is you, like <laughs> times 10. And it's just like, it's so amusing to see. And I, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, that's what I want it to be. I want it to be the villain and I want it to be as entertaining as possible. And in with the villain territory, you get a lot of people that love to root against you. You get a lot of people that just plain hate you. Mm-hmm. And then you know you also get surprisingly, and I've been really genuinely surprised about this. You get a lot of people that actually really like you on the show. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the, the most surprising thing for me is I didn't realize that the support and the hate were going to be so even. I thought it would be overwhelmingly people wouldn't be able to stand me. I was like mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't care about that
0: okay okay well that's interesting too because you know within the show it's one thing to be thought of as a villain by the fans but within the show you know we see a lot of um people you know that play the game that are considered villains you know russell hance you know things like that uh you mentioned on the show i think that uh had you you're kind of you thought it was a good move that they took you out because had you made it to the merge uh you were gonna win the game what was your What was your plan? Uh, what was your plan to not only get to the end of the game, but to to win people over in the end and and vote for you?
1: Well, so I think the biggest thing um, that I, was a little bit misleading about last night's episode is that um, you know Dom will tell you this. He didn't vote me off because I was annoying him. Okay. Dom is a great survivor. Player. He's running circles around everybody else at this point in the game, mm-hmm. and. He would have kept me. If I was just being annoying, he would have kept me to the end.
0: Okay. But
1: what you did see, because I got so much, let's say, like personal character content, I guess, is that I was perceived in that moment to be a threat to win the game. And he got rid of me because I had been, I voted out Brendan, then I voted out Stephanie, He thought I was voting out all of the parents, people that would have a compelling case to the jury if they made it to the end. And then he also didn't trust Kellen and I working together. And he had said that. I mean, people had told me he was saying that back from right after the first swap. um, That first chance he got, one of us had to go. So it it really wasn't. It was made out to be far more personal than it was. I think it was personal for, let's say, Donathan, um, you know, but for Dom. For Dom, who was actually the one that pulled the move and got the move to work, um it I, I was not i was not the goat that it, it made it seem
0: okay that's fair uh is, as far as dom goes you said he's running circles around people in the game at this point were were you uh aware at all of dom the danger that that is dom in the game at the point where you were last night like did you were was did was your eye on him or were you just kind of planning on being loyal to him for quite a while
1: Um, My eye was on him, but my plan was to be loyal. So we got back from the challenge, and it was very apparent that the the energy was real funky. It it was not great, and I was like, "Mm, something feels like it might be up. Mm -hmm. My problem was I couldn't couldn't get an ounce uh, of any evidence that something actually was up. And so I didn't just want to be paranoid, and I was worried that if I thought something was up and I went into tribal and I tried to blow it up and and make a move, per se – and try to get them to flip back and vote for somebody else And i would end up voting myself off if they weren't actually planning on flipping on me okay. so i just had no i had no proof i had a hunch but i had no proof and so when it actually happened it was surprising because uh, i didn't think they would do it i didn't trust chelsea at all but i didn't think chelsea would flip on me until after the merge i mean she had been okay. voting with me she had a chance to get rid of me the night brendan went home and she chose not to so I assumed that meant we were still tight for at least, uh, you know, another three days. Um, and, and so I just didn't, I mean, that's when you hear me say that everything was swimmingly and, mm-hmm. and everyone's getting along. That was me trying to play into like, I'm just going to play as if everything is totally fine because I didn't have any concrete proof that it wasn't, even though I felt a little off. Sure.
0: Um,
1: yeah. so yeah, it still was a massive surprise. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, it was it was like a shock when it actually happens, just due to the nature of like you getting voted out a Survivor. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. you know, even by the time I got done walking down the, you know, path, um, and it it was like, okay, yeah, I that feeling it, it, I had, that hunch was was right. So
0: sure, yeah. Was there any sense, you know, when when people are on Survivor, you know, a lot of times, you know, obviously luck plays a big part into it where, you know, some people are fighting from behind the whole game or they're always in the minority. You happen to kind of be in the majority, it seemed, um, for most of the the alliance or the tribes that you were at, tribal councils that you were at. Do you feel like uh, your place in the game... um, Made you kind of have some sense of ease that you were that you were going to be safe, or do you do you feel like that played into it at all? The fact that you kind of got you know uh, came out on top of the tribe swaps and things like that, as far as the numbers.
1: Um, yeah, when I initially got swapped, it was like, okay, you know, there's three original diva and two Malola. The problem was I didn't trust Chelsea uh, because what you didn't see at Malola was that Kellen had Chelsea wrapped around her finger. I didn't. And so, without having Kellen there to keep Chelsea in line, I was really, really worried uh, because Chelsea and I did not have a great strategic relationship. I mean, Chelsea's lovely outside of the game, um, and I really like her, but in the game, it just—it was really hard having to be stuck with Chelsea just because I knew she threw my name out on day two to Kellen.
0: Okay. Uh, so yeah. I knew
1: from the beginning. Trust me, and then Don is such a loose cannon. Um, You know, he's doing some things brilliantly, but he's also just kind of all over the place to where he's hard to to track and figure out where he's going. And so I I was – I didn't think I was in the best spot, but I thought I was going to be okay
0: is where I was,
1: Um, you know, at least to the merge. And and it didn't turn out that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who who were you thinking – You know, there are certain people that you hadn't maybe played the game with that much, but um, who were you thinking at the time that you were voted off was, was like, you know, the people that cannot make it to the end of the game or they're going to win? Like, who are the big threats in your mind?
1: Uh, It was um, Dom, Kellen, and Michael. Okay. I mean, that's, just been, that's been the most surprising thing about seeing it on TV because, of course, we got back in last July. Mm-hmm. And so you know all of us have talked about it or, or many of us have talked about it uh, so many different times, you know, about what was happening, who we perceived were playing, who wasn't playing. And then you see it again on TV and we'll all text each other when we're seeing it and we're like... <laughs> This person looks like they're playing really hard. Yet everyone <laughs> out there was like, this person didn't play a game, the game of day they were out there. and Never had a shot to win. Right. Um. So it just it's, it's really interesting to to watch it back.
0: That's a good point too. That a lot of people don't realize, you know, that it, you know the, the thing taped last summer. You have a lot of time where you just have to sit on all this and kind of keep it secret before uh, before it airs. Uh, during that, you know, several several months of time. Was there any part of your own game, like did, did you just think, like, "Hey, I did the best I could," and you know, it is what it is? Or were there certain moments or things that you beat yourself up uh, over, thinking that if you would have done them differently, things might have turned out different for you?
1: Um, I think I think my social game was better than it looked on TV, but I will be also the first one to admit that there's still room for growth. Okay. Um, I just don't think it was the absolute train wreck that it appeared. Uh, you know, I did have a lot of really great relationships and I am really, really close with a lot of these people. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't agree. I mean, I think what happened uh, from an editing standpoint is I'm in the majority and they make the Malolos, the underdogs, you know, that's not going to make it look like I had a great, you know, wasn't doing anything socially, you know, but if you look at it, it's like if I was really that awful, as awful as the people of Twitter think I am, <laughs> you know, my four would not have stuck with me. They would have flipped. Sure. You know, sure. It, it it just doesn't make sense that they were so loyal that they didn't flinch in the face of an idol, even if, you know, they were in no danger of going home. I really don't think all of them, a few of them, but I don't think all of those four realized that they weren't in danger of going home if they didn't flip. Uh, and they chose to stick with me. And so, I think, you know, there was definite room for improvement. You know, there's things like with my complaining that just it was strategic what I was trying to do through the complaining, but it didn't work. And I'll be the first one to admit that. What I was trying to do when I got to Malolo and I was complaining about the camp was I was trying to make them, the, the original Malolos, feel better about having lost a few times. And I was trying to say, this is unfair. Look at this. You know, you, it's so windy at night that it gets so cold that you guys don't sleep because you're shivering all night and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, that fully explains why you're losing because at Navidi, it's warm and there's no wind and we sleep all night. And, you know, and it's just the little differences. I was trying to kind of paint the picture of like, hey, it's not your guys' fault we can turn this around. Like how are we gonna figure out how we can sleep better? How can you know, yeah. little things yeah. like that. And I mean you see in one of my secret team confessionals from a few weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, may have overdone it with the complaining because it, <laughs> it, it, it became apparent the next day that it wasn't working at all and then I, you know, it turned it down a little bit. Um you know, and, and so that was uh, you know, something I tried and it didn't work. But um I mean, you win some, lose some. I guess.
0: You know, the best part about it too. You know, a lot of a lot of villains uh, don't think that they're villains. The, the best villains don't think <laughs> or or say that they're villains. So uh, I definitely, you definitely became a villain on the show. What do you hope? What do you hope is the legacy of of you on the show? Uh, what do you hope people kind of take away ultimately?
1: Well, um, you know, I did. Obviously, as I said, I wanted to come in playing the villain. But uh, what I was very careful to do and what I'm very careful to do in my everyday life is I don't want to be malicious and I don't want to bully anybody sure. um, because I don't think that's cool. And so I think if you look at my edit, it's ridiculous. I'm over the top. I'm overconfident, <laughs> arrogant, whatever you want to say, cocky. Um, but a lot of times it's actually me more making fun of myself. I mean, I get that people look at it and I say I'm fantastic and they think I'm, like, in that moment 100% believing it, but it's, like, it's ridiculous. I watch it back and I just laugh, sure. you know, and, and it's entertaining. And so that's what I wanted to be. So I want my legacy to just to be that, you know, I went out there and I wanted to be the villain, but I wanted to be, a, you know, a villain that was, was not mean per se. Okay. Um, wow. That, you know, was just having fun with it because, you know, I've been watching the show since I was nine. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come out, and I wanted to be fun, and I wanted to be a memorable character. And I think I got to accomplish all of that.
0: Well, hey, man, it was great talking to you. It really was awesome watching you on the show. Uh, and uh, I wish you the best of luck, and I'm glad to hear that uh, you know not everything has been negative as far as fan feedback.
1: Not at all. It's actually been way more positive than negative, surprisingly.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, again, thanks Thanks for the talk, Bradley, oh. and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good great one. talking to you. You too. So there you go. Nice enough guy, right? Yeah, I mean, not a dick, I'd say. I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's the, that's our interview with him. And uh, we're now down to 13 in the game, guys. And uh, that means probably maybe one or two more vote-outs before uh, we start talking jury. Uh but Like I said at the top of the show, next week should be really interesting. we got the merge, but we also have all of these idols in play. We have the legacy advantage that could be in play. We have Kellen's secret advantage, extra vote in play. Uh, should be good. Who are you guys rooting for at this point? Who do you guys think are the big threats? Who do you guys think should win? Who are you hoping doesn't win? Who doesn't have any shot? Uh, let me know. Uh, comment on this podcast uh, or comment on Reality T and let's talk about it. So, again, like I promised, uh, I'm a movie critic, as most people know. I'm on TV in Detroit. Uh, I'm on Fox uh, every week uh, on a half-hour show called Critically Speaking on the Fox 2 network. And uh, I I produce video, though. You know, I do all kinds of stuff. I got my hands in everything. Uh, I produce uh, wedding video, and we do all kinds of video production and drone stuff and all that. And uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, I, I'm now, I just got uh, acquired a gig where I'm going to be producing a show called Movie Show Plus. And uh, not only is it going to be on TV in the Detroit area, it's going to be on channel two, uh, 295 on Xfinity and 1038 on UVerse. Uh, but if you're not in the Detroit area, you can still access the show and its segments online. It's The website is movieshowplus.com. And uh, we're going to be putting all our content there. There's also a Facebook page, so I, I tell you to check that out as well. Uh, part of the show is Greg Russell. He's a film critic that is in the Detroit area. Greg Russell uh, gets all of the big celebrity interviews. So he's like a junket critic. He you know, like he sits down with like Oprah and you know Brad Pitt and like you know Matt Damon, George Clooney. Like he gets the big interviews. So uh, that's going to be part of the show where you're going to be able to kind of uh, you know get to see Greg interviewing. Uh, Hollywood's top talents. It's going to feature some movie news every week. We're going to have some uh, segments on uh, what's going on with streaming and, and VOD. Uh, I'm going to bring you my uh, movie reviews in the show. We're also going to have some fun segments that kind of uh, spotlight some different podcasts, some different uh, YouTube channels, and uh, just anything that kind of comes up that uh, is cool and interesting and fun in the world of entertainment but the show is going to be pretty cool i hope everybody checks it out if you're a fan of mine or a fan of this podcast uh i urge you to check it out again movieshowplus.com that will do it guys for this week again next week the podcast will be coming thursday uh we'll have another exit interview and we'll we'll have seen what happened at the merge so uh we will talk to you then remember again uh check my stuff out at tom santilli My website, TomSantilli.com. We're on Facebook. Do all that kind of jazz. Thanks again for joining me. And, uh, yeah, have a good weekend. And it's my five-year anniversary, guys, by the way. Five years. Holy moly. Can't believe it. But, anyway, uh, that's what I'll be doing this weekend. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. I'm Tom Santilli. Bye-bye.